Welcome to Ultimate Mayhem. My name is Rogue Convoy. Last time we were together, I talked about one of my personal favorites and something that has personal meaning to me in Afro Samurai. Now, with Ant-Man and the Wasp coming, I figured it was time to dive back into our multiverse and, you know, see who we can dig out as the time comes. So, see, this is not the first time within Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've seen multiple variations of the same character or as Marvel likes to refer to it as uh, variants. You know, you could take an example of that of What If from last year when they took one of the characters we already know, but changed the story a bit. Just changed one piece, and it changed the course of complete and utter destiny to that character. Like, for example, with Captain Carter and the Hydra Stomper. You know, DC's been doing this for years where they've talked about different doppelgangers, different Earths, different crises, and in those senses that those characters are different from their original counterparts. My case in point here was going to be the weak Superman from Flashpoint where he crashed on Earth and instead of being able to live as a normal human, they took him and kept him in captivity. Today though, I would like to talk about someone who has been introduced recently in the MCU as their main villain for the time being. I mean, going with the new whole multiversal project, the villain made sense. So you met him in Loki and the season finale for about 30 seconds as He Who Remains. But Ant-Man and the Wasp reintroduce him as a different character, which in his true form, also known as Kang the Conqueror. So sit back, put the trade tables up as I guide you through him and his origins. So welcome to Ultimate Mayhem, Kang the Conqueror edition. So let's talk a little bit about the publication history of our character Kang the Conqueror. So the first instance of Kang appearing anywhere in Marvel comics at that time was in the Fantastic Four number 19 during October of 1963. So that's when his first major appearance was. The character was first introduced as the time-traveling villain known as Rama Tut from the year 3000 who took over ancient Egypt and basically was their, the ruler for a long time. He might have also been a descendant of the Fantastic Four villain known as Doctor Doom uh, you meet him regularly on the basis of the guy with the metal face and the green cape. And so he was only removed after the Fantastic Four came and stopped him. So he reappeared later on in uh, Marvel's Fantastic Four annual. So they're basically a uh, hole in their schedule where they couldn't fill it. So they just basically made the comic and Avengers number eight. The story then goes on to show that Rama Tut basically faded from existence and instead of traveling home from the year 3000, he got trapped in a storm, sent to the year 4000, and hence became the character we now know as Kang the Conqueror. So, when Immortus, the, another version of Kang, was established in 1964, and they changed the story in 1975 in order to fit in with the whole, I'm a future version of Kang, and here's my story. So, and that was in giant-sized Avengers number 11. Let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Majors. I mean, the first time I really met this guy, I mean, it was through a Loki. And that was only for a guest star appearance for that episode, which made sense. It was only one episode where he appeared. He's also starred in several series, including Lovecraft Country on HBO, which I've never seen personally. But, you know, people have seen it and obviously they're going to enjoy it and they know who he is. He's going to be starring in Creed 3 as well at this point with uh, Michael B. Jordan in that. Again, I've never watched Creed, so I don't know how that's going to go, but good luck to him. 
He also, his first major role, though, for a movie was The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He will also be the headliner of the two upcoming Avenger films, uh, Secret Wars and also the Kang Dynasty, where he will be the main villain along with our new team. I'm hoping, personally, that they use the new team versus what they had. I mean, we already have the new team built, so don't waste your time trying to get, like, Tony Stark and all that back. Just give us the new team, and then we're all good to go. So with that, I'm going to give you a little bit of a clip from Loki itself. Uh, Mouse, please don't strike me down. For the TVA, a variant of myself lived on Earth in the 31st century. He was a scientist, and he discovered that there were universes stacked on top of his own. At the same time, other versions of us were learning the same thing. So I figured it was time I use a clip. Um, let me know what you think, honestly. I prefer to hear comments. And that was a clip from Loki when the He Who Remains was explaining kind of himself and the other variants of Kang himself. So now let's dive into our story. Let's start with a story about Nathaniel Richards. Just remembering that there are several versions of the same person across the entire multiverse. This particular story begins in the 30th century of Earth 6311, a world where the Dark Ages of our world never actually happened, and basically science was able to move forward unimpeded with their progress. And this is where Nathaniel Richards, so the king that we know, was born. And another version of Nathaniel Richards appeared on this Earth uh, from Earth 616, or as we all know it, the Prime Earth. And he brought peace to this war-torn world. Basically, this world was always at war because of the technology advancing and all that. And he became known to the people there as the legendary benefactor. Now, our Nathaniel is to believe to be a descendant of the benefactor through this world's Reed Richards. But there is a giant conflicting story where... He could have also been a descendant of Victor Von Doom of this world, or as most of us know him, Dr. Doom. When Nathaniel of this world was 16 years old, he met the future version of himself, which we know as Kang the Conqueror, which caused young Nathaniel to try to change his destiny, and he went off for a short time to become the hero of the world known as Iron Lad, and then he also turned himself into a villain known as Kitty Mortis. But... Those two options failed him, so Nathaniel returned back to his time and began to follow the path that was laid out for him. And with no memories of what he had done as Iron Lad. So basically, when he became a hero, he has no memories of what he did. And when he became an adult, he had grown bored with the peace of our current world. And, you know, he used the time machine that he found. He used the time machine that he found in order to travel across dimensional planes, so that thin layer where Barry tries to run through and, you know, uses that to go to different worlds. He arrived on Prime Earth in ancient Egypt. It was there he first established himself as the villain known we know as Rama Tut. And that's when he conquered Egypt and basically turned everything over. He was there until such time as the Fantastic Four came in and said, okay, enough's enough, you need to return home, and they took him out and he escaped on his own. But as he was returning to his time, a time storm caught him, and, you know, he arrived on our modern Earth. So he basically went into the time stream. Time stream was messing up for some weird reason, and he dropped into our Earth. It was here he met 
Doctor Doom for the first time, and after which he abandoned his Rama Tut persona. He tried to look more like Doctor Doom and hence became known as the Scarlet Centurion. He left the identity behind after he was defeated by the Avengers. So after he was defeated by the Avengers, he took up the Rama Tut identity once more. It seemed fate, though, did not want to be kind to him as a time storm hit him once more as he was returning home to the 30th century and he was able to jump from the 30th to the 40th because of this time storm. And it was at this point where he was in a world where it was always about war and different factions and, you know, the technology there was from every variational generation of technology. See, Nathaniel knew about the technology at the time where these people were fighting with. And so, instead of remaining Ramatut, he founded himself a new identity. And using the knowledge that he had with all the um, weapons and whatnot, he took over the world and became now known as Kang the Conqueror. Kang took over Earth first, basically. Take the weapons, show the people how to use them, and then just use them to manipulate them as they're going. And then he decided to slowly take over the galaxy after that, including one group that was really allied with Thanos at the time, which was known as the Badoon. When this was all done, Kang did not believe this was enough. He said that he would turn his focus back into our world, or the modern era, where, you know, the heroes had defeated him previously. So, when he first reappeared in our timeline, he he appeared for the first time over Times Square in 1939, where, you know, people were all getting massively panicked out because this guy is just randomly floating in the sky, and we've never seen that before. So, so it's an interesting fact that the media only said, okay, this was a hoax, and, you know, that's what basically was going on, and people, okay, like, whatever, then they moved on with their year. It is an interesting fact that Kang wanted to conquer the past just to find a powerful celestial known as the Madonna, and who is rumored to be the mother of the most powerful man in history. But there were no good records of who she was, so Kang wanted to learn who she was so that he could be the father of the, ch the child in question. So I felt at this point that this needed to be expanded upon because this is an interesting point, that to come back to our world and try to conquer it because you want one person. There are 8 billion people on this planet, and 7 at that point, and you want the one person so you can be the father of their child. And saying that, you know, let's just talk about that as well. So one of the many variants of Kang became aware that the Madonna had reached her projection phase, and when a new star had appeared in the sky of the current era. That star was over the Avengers mansion at the time where everyone, including the Avengers, was living. Kang then returned to the modern area, having determined at that time that there were three. So there was three potential matches for the Madonna at that time. This being Agatha Harkness, the Scarlet Witch, and Mantis. Who do you think is the three? Tell me below. And we'll get to that later. Kang then sent his macrobots in, capturing the three women, as well as... Thor, Iron Man, and Vision. Kang did not take the swordsman because he did not consider him worthy and also wanted to leave him to give notice to the others who are going to come for him. Kang then took his prisoners to a lab in Egypt. That is where he began his plans for World War III. And 
he took the powers of each of the male Avengers and put them inside of one of his bots, which he sent out to take out the political figures of the U.S., China, and Russia at the time, in an attempt to start a nuclear war. With some help from Agatha, Swordsman was able to awaken Amenhotep, so basically a vampire who is immortal, who is also a priest, as well as another version of Kang, which we knew as Rama Tut, to help him stop Kang from destroying the world. The future version of Rama Tut did not stop the swordsman from killing Kang, and they took him to New York where he, he brought in Hawkeye for assistance, and the three of them were able to stop two of the three black robots from basically destroying or killing the political figure that was needed to start the war. Instead, using the third macrobot basically to attack the Avengers that had assembled, but he was defeated as well at that point. Now, they were able to free their friends and free the three ladies as well, but but during that, you know, Kang revealed that he was a future version of Rama Tut. During that point, time itself split open and re revealed that Kit Mantis was the one that, that Kang sought the entire time while he was looking for the Madonna. With his plans falling apart, basically Kang said, if I can't have her, no one else can, and he tried to kill her. Even though Rama was able to interfere at that point to stop the shot, um, it still continued anyway, and the swordsman, who was dating Mantis at the time, sacrificed himself for her. Rama and Kang fought over the time sphere and, you know, tried to get control of it, but eventually both men fell through. And they fell into the time stream where they were destined to be lost forever. The two men were then picked out of the time stream and brought into limbo by Immortus who was waiting for them. Immortus then joined with Kang to and imprisoned Rama Tut. Kang then gathered a team together of basically people who are destined to die or before, right before their death. Known as the Legion of the Unliving. Frankenstein's Monster, Wonder Man, the original Human Torch, Midnight, the Ghost, and Baron Zemo. He then brought the Avengers to the realm to fight them, essentially. Kang quickly lost control of each of the members of the Legion, but the Legion did not did kill Iron Man and damage Vision very badly in the process. His goal was to still get Mantis by any means necessary. Zemo was then sent back to ensure that Immortus and Ramatut did not escape, but Kang's minions continued to fall, which Kang then fought Thor and lost. Disappearing into the time stream once more, Immortus then brought Iron Man back to life. He also repaired Vision and then sent the members of the Legion back to meet their fates on their particular timelines. And Immortus then revealed himself to be another version of Kang and sent the team home. Immortus then agreed to basically officiate a wedding between Mantis and a plant-based version of her lover Swordsman. Kang then returned to make one final attack to retrieve Mantis. He appeared at three separate moments in the modern era. Three heroes then left the wedding to retrieve all three members, and that was Iron Man, Thor, and Hawkeye, who caught all of them. So Kang was really using this more as a distraction for his own means, and he believed he had captured Mantis and took her into space. But Immortus had already planned for him to come back, and placed Mantis in limbo while his minion, Space Phantom, took his form. By the time that it was revealed it was too late, as Mantis and the Kotati 
were married and headed off into space to meet their destiny. So that was basically a look at Kang, kind of the origin story and one of the events that goes with it, the reason why he came back to our era in the first place. So if you want to first look at Kang in the MCU, I would do recommend you check out the uh, Loki season finale. Even if you don't watch the full thing, watch the last maybe 5-10 minutes. It'll show you him. It'll introduce the whole idea of the character. So obviously last Friday uh, the movie came out. And if you're not like me who wants to wait for the 60 days for Disney+, Plus, I would suggest go checking it out in theaters. My name is Ro Convoy and this has been Ultimate Mayhem Kang Edition.